nobody banned women out of my shop, right? Now, people said they were banned. Sometimes they're in with it, right? But the reality is, barbershops are for men. We offer men's haircuts, men's service in a men's environment. Warren Buffett was once asked by a startup millionaire who was very, very successful in a very short space of time. If you're so successful, why don't young entrepreneurs follow your advice? And straight away, without even blinking, he said, because nobody wants to get rich slow. I'm a young fellow from Ireland who got a little bit lucky and who's not where he wants to be yet. I pat you on the back with this hand, but they're ready to stab you with that. Don't expect me to toe the f***ing line because society tells you, because you know what, in five years time it might be changed again. People are changing too much, too quickly to suit the ever-changing palette of society. Johnny Shanahan is a barber and business owner with stores all across the UK and has recently launched a product range. I used to work with Johnny in 2017. I worked at the Spitalfield store and then also went on to manage the Soho store. So we go, but we go way back and I've got a lot of love for this man. The Elliot Forbes Show is partnered with Johnny's Chop Shop. They're available in boot stores all across the UK. They're available on Amazon and you can get the entire range there. My go-to product is the sea salt spray. I dry that into the hair when the hair is still damp, use the hair dryer. And then my go-to with the finishing product is the number one matte paste. It gives it lovely texture. That's what I'm wearing in the hair now. It's what I've been wearing for the last year and a half as my, my go-to product really. Love the stuff, really easy to use. Lovely texture, lovely products, and yeah, very happy to be partnered with them for the podcast. Johnny Shanahan, Johnny Barbar is how I've known him for many a year. Barbershop owner, now product brand owner. Who's Johnny to you? Who are you? Who am I? Don't know. There's probably, you know, you've got different heads and you've got different faces, I suppose, every day with different people you're dealing with. But if you strip it back and bare bones of it I'm a young fellow from Ireland who got a little bit lucky and who's not where he wants to be yet do you know what I mean that's the I work hard and you know I, I've I've reaped the benefits to it somewhat but certainly nowhere close to where I need to be and where I want to be and that's that's you know? cool and I think for me I'm, I'm very much about a journey and like trying to enjoy that journey mm-hmm. but you were you were back in Ireland mm-hmm Started the shop. We were talking last night. So we did a shave with Johnny last night. So if, if you're watching this on YouTube, head on to YouTube and go and watch that video, which will be up there now of we're doing a nice ASMR shave in Johnny's beautiful shop in, in uh, Spitalfields in East London. But you said last night, 23 was when you first opened your shop in Ireland. Mm. That's incredibly young, isn't it? That was stressful, fun. Do you know what? It wasn't stressful because I didn't think about it. But like hindsight's a wonderful thing. Do you know what I mean? Looking back on it, I was way too young because I did... You know, I didn't do it the way it should have been done. The way I'd do it now, the way I would, if anybody asked me for advice now, what I would say to them, you know, wouldn't be, it, what I would say to them now would be the polar opposite of what I did, you know. Um, because being a busy barber in somebody's shop doesn't necessarily equate to being a busy barbershop owner, you see. And I was from, I'm from a small, a small city, Limerick. And I caught hair there all my life from when I was young, you know what I mean? And I had a massive, massive clientele, huge. So it was only natural, like, I'd open my own shop, you know. And uh, I opened the outskirts. It was like the, sub- the suburbs near the University of Limerick, which was only, because Limerick was so small, it's literally 20 minutes, if even that, 10 minutes without traffic to get there. So I didn't see it as an issue. And um, the rent was cheap, you know what I mean? There was plenty of people around, you know. So I just thought you stick up a pole and you stick up a sign and... Yeah, away yeah. we go, you know what I mean? And uh, 
which was was the case for the first three weeks. You know what I mean? I was full every day. I, I had no staff. You see, it took me a year to actually be busy enough to employ someone. But for yeah. the first for the first three weeks, literally back to back, I opened the door, that closed the door, the shop was still full. I remember going home to my wife. Now she was my girlfriend at the time, and uh, I was saying, "This is fucking great." You know what I mean? We're <laughs> going to be millionaires, you know what I mean? Yeah, Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The fourth week, nobody came in. You know, and then the fifth week of the cycle. And the sixth week, you know, I was doing one, two a day. Some days, there was never a day I did none. I, 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 what sticks out in my mind, and whenever I feel like giving up, I think of this day. You know what I mean? In, in anything I do, you know, yeah. whether it's just the shops now or whether it's just the products, you know, whenever I feel really, really down and things get above, get on top of me, I think of this one day. It was a Thursday. I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, I was sitting in the shop. I opened up at nine o'clock as I always did. Did my my duties, washed my floor, did the sink and did it, all that lovely stuff. Had a cup of coffee, read the newspaper. Bear in mind, back in those days, there was no Instagram, there was nothing. So you you didn't, you weren't on your phone. You know what I mean? You yeah. actually had to read the newspaper to get the news. It was a great yeah, time yeah, to listen yeah. to the radio. So read the newspaper, read another newspaper, you know, got up and walked around. All day, nobody, nobody, right? And it was a Thursday, so I didn't go till seven on a Thursday. And the shop was upstairs and I was, I must have rang Caroline 20 times, you know, angry sometimes, you know, I, I was a bit upset another couple of times I rang her, you know what I mean? I just didn't know what to do or what to say, you know what I mean? I was like, what the fuck, you know? And around 10 to 7, and I still remember a guy called Gerald Prendergast and uh, walked up the stairs, right kid? I mean, and that, I still remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, that's and that's my when I feel like giving up, I just think of that day. Yeah, it's it's amazing how those pivotal moments or those moments stick in your life, aren't they, or stick in your mind? And mm. that's definitely a story that stays with you. And it just reverting back to that mm. definitely adds a lot of value, doesn't it? And it's part of the story and the part of that the journey of like, yeah, yeah okay, I've there was some shit days, but it's mm. the some days where I actually, yeah, it's, and that's and that's the thing. I mean. I, I still think to this day, if he hadn't come in, I don't think I would have opened the next day. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because I just got such a kick in the bollocks, you know. You remember, like, when you have a clientele, you know that, you've been a barber. When you have a clientele, you just think they're your clientele. Mm. Oh, yeah, they're yeah, my yeah. customers. It's so true, isn't what it? What you forget is, you know, people tend to be, they're loyal to, and, and I, this, this, is, this, is, this is human nature and this is not giving out about anybody, and, you know, but people are loyal to their needs, they're not loyal yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know so what I mean? True. And if you suit their needs at the time, they will be loyal to you, but if you don't suit their needs, they won't. And what I found out, and it's one of those things, and I say it to all my guys when, when they talk about clientele and the whole lot, I say, yeah, you know, a certain amount will follow you. I'd probably say 20% would follow you, right? In, in today's society, because bear in mind, the choice we have today choice customers yeah. have today so compared saturated. to years ago you know what I mean there wasn't that many options and I remember like there was guys who followed me I didn't expect them to follow me there was guys you know they did come in you know every so often and mm. they, they followed me out and I was like Jesus Christ well done how's it going, how's it going? I'm delighted yeah, yeah. and then there was other guys who I would have bet my bloody life on following me they didn't and I'd meet him out and whatever and he goes well, I was going look it's just too far out for me yeah. And you know, that, that's the right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't own them. And this is why I say to people, and I mean this with the greatest respect to them, not your clients, the mm. clients of the shop. Yeah. 
Yeah, you very know. true, isn't it? And I, I, I always find it a little bit funny at times when I, I go out into the street and sort of you bump into someone that hasn't seen you for a little while, and I'm not offended by that mm. at all because mm. I fully believe that yeah, like they've they've got other things going on, and if it that if it doesn't the schedule that you're doing doesn't fit in with their sort of stuff, but it is they are there for themselves, and, yeah. and that's the way it should be, isn't it? Because well, they life. need their haircut. Yeah. Well, you know, I say it time and time again to people. You know, we're in the business of people. It's customer service, you know, and that's the problem with you know and. Look, you know my views on the industry. Do you know what I mean? I love being a barber. I don't really like the industry. You know what I mean? I, mm. Simply because, you know, they, they, they kind of give with this hand, they take away with that hand, they pat you on the back with this hand, but they're ready to stab you with that hand. The most of them. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, and anyone who disagrees with that and anyone who says that's not true is clearly, I'm going to be honest, they're lying. You know, or they're getting everything they need at this present moment. But there'll come a time when they don't get what they need or want from the industry and they'll, they'll have the same thing. Um, with me, you know, so or, or the same views as me, and uh, you know, so but but we are in the business of people, and I think if you look after your customers, doesn't matter what the fuck the guy, the barber down the road thinks, or the hairdresser across the road thinks, doesn't matter, and I've learned that through many many years, you know what I mean? It's it's my chairs, my doors, my till. Once they're all ringing, spinning, mm. opening and closing then it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks. And listen, of course it's nice to have the approval of your peers. Of course it is. And everybody, I think we all, there's part of us all that want it. But what I've realised and I've learned some harsh lessons over the years because I've given so much to the industry, you know, and I've never gotten anything back to the, to the, to the value of what I've given. You know what I mean? And yeah. my time is so more important to me now. I, I found that really interesting with, within the industry because I also don't feel... I wouldn't say I haven't got anything because also I, I definitely haven't given them as much as say what you have. Mm. But also I feel like you have to give a lot for free or you have to really be trying to network in those correct circles and be in the right events just to be able to look like you're being mm. part of it and doing that sort of stuff. And it's, I don't know, it's for me, I'm and I think you as well, we're very much about the customer mm. and about the clientele and looking after them. And yes, the haircut's got to be great. And it's got to be done well, but it hasn't. That's not the be all and end all. It's the way that you greeted, and it's the way you serve, and the way you look after the person. And I, uh, the industry, it's very much about like, oh how, oh look how clean that section was. Oh look, uh, that formula that they've done on that hair color, mm. and that doesn't interest me at all. So I, I guess I've in the same way that you've, you're now doing your own thing and have not getting involved in the industry. I'm also not one to do it because it's it's not really my jam. And it's I think mm. when you realise. That that's not that your jam. I think that's then where it opens up a lot more doors, isn't it? Because yeah. well, with the products you're doing now, like that's you're trying to sell to actual man on the street, not to the audience, like to mm. the to the um, to the barbers and stuff. Because mm. it really doesn't make too much difference, does it? With that, and if they wanted to buy it, I mean, I've got a couple of of uh, wholesale accounts, but and I'm glad to have them. Sure, I mean it's great. You know, I mean, and it is good to give that give that seal of approval from a professional standpoint. But the other the other side of it is, you know, it's a very nepotistic industry. You know what I mean? And I say that, like, it is all about who you know, not what you know, you know. And I, you know, I hear all the time and I've been, you know, all the events and the lunches and all this kind of stuff, you know. And everyone says, oh, it's an industry of giving. It's not an industry of giving. It's an in industry of selling. Do you know what I mean? There's nobody gives anything away. You know, you have to give to the industry so they can sell it to somebody else. Do you know what I mean? So it's, you know, I, and I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? Business is business. But say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it, you know, as a, don't just dance around it. that. Yeah, you know, completely. you give it, you give us your time for free, and we will sell your time to somebody else, and we'll make the money off it. But it'll be okay for you because you'll be seen to be in our gang. 
You know what I mean? And that's the thing. And I, I went to an event one time and I brought my wife with me. And uh, halfway through, she looked at me and she goes, don't ever fucking bring up one of these again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, right, okay. And that was it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, look, it is what it is. You know, I'm not going to spend much more time on it, but, you know, they're my views. You know what I mean? It's I love being a barber. It's the best job in the world. But I really don't like what it's becoming. Yeah. Well, so something I want to, to pick up on as well, because I think I saw something on you posted a couple of weeks ago so about all these, like, I guess people similar to myself where they start learning to be a barber and then they open up their own place. And I think it was a tattooist that you'd you'd quoted about it. Mm. And it is, I don't know, like so many people are doing it and it's very much in the fad, isn't it? But I think a lot of these people, they open these places and then realise, like you did at your first place, how hard it is to actually be busy <laughs> consistently. And I think a lot of these barbers, and I think traditionally the, all the barbers I've worked with have always sort of, that like, oh, I should be getting more of a cut of the pie. Oh, I'm doing all this hair. I, I should be getting more of that piece of the pie and, and, and getting more of a percentage. Mm. And I think then when they open their own place and they do their own studio and they're realising they're having to pay the rent, they're having to pay the water bill, they're having to pay the electricity and all these things are mounting up, that they just don't consider when they're tax. a barber. They're tax, everything like that. And all of that comes into account and then it's they're like, Oh, actually, yeah, maybe I've got a bit more respect for Johnny and, and all these sort of places. But listen, and you, they, they do and they don't. You know, again, what, what other people think of me is none of my business. You know, that's an old thing that I think, was that WB Yates said that? I'm not no. too sure. Anyway, somebody said it. Somebody a lot more intelligent than me said it. And it's true. Whatever pe- what people think of you is none of your business. You know, and it's like everybody, and you know what? Even some of the, some of the senior people within the industry are pushing these fucking courses. You know what I mean? And, you know, hand on heart. Really, do you believe it? You can be ready in 12 weeks? Yeah, I mean, I did, I did the nine-week London School of Barbering. And for me, that was great as a nine-week introduction to having the very basics of just how to hold a pair of scissors and hold to how to hold a comb. And I thought that was brilliant, but I went in there with the idea that I was going to just learn the basics. I think the way that they market and the way they sell it and these of these short courses of... Oh, you're going to be barbershop ready, and you're now going to be earning five, six hundred, seven hundred pound a week. What it's ridiculous. You know, and the thing is, I'd have no problem with these courses if they actually said, "Listen, what this is going to do, this is going to shave twelve months off your apprenticeship." Yeah, right. And I don't care who you are, right? You might be able to remove hair to a satisfactory standard after twelve weeks. Now, removing hair and cutting hair, two different, two different animals, right? You might get the odd guy you know, who actually has a flair for it, who's a sponge, mm. and he's really, really good. And he may excel, but, you know, so, somebody, I, I was kind of arguing with a guy back and forth, I won't mention him, um, on Instagram the other night, you know, and, and his answer, he said to me, oh, people learn how to dance like a pro in 12 weeks. You know, strictly come dancing. I said, some do, yeah. But what about the guys who fall on their arse? Most of them fall on their face. Most mm. of them are shit. And yeah. you'll find the people, number one, they're being led by a professional. They're being pulled around the floor by a professional. That's number one. Number two, if you look at any of these strictly or dancing on ice or anything like that, 99.9% of the winners, they have an athletic background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a properly athletic, aren't they? It's, at, it's a transition. Yeah. And it's not a, a complete reset. Yeah, and no, nobody's going from the fucking couch to win a strictly. I'll tell you yeah, that yeah, it's so true, you know, isn't it? And I kind of, we were arguing back and forth. And, you know, I said, I said to him, I said, you know, Warren Buffett was once asked by a startup millionaire, 
who was very, very successful in a very short space of time. And I think it was either an event or a talk or a summit or something like that. And this guy stood up and, you know, you've got to take your hats off and balls of steel, you know what I mean, fucking talking to Warren Buffett like this. Yeah. And he said, uh, if you're so successful, why don't young entrepreneurs follow your advice? And straight away, without even blinking, he said, because nobody wants to get rich slow. You know what I mean? And when I, I thought that was one of the best things. And I, I equate that to what's happening now. Yeah, it's you relevant know, to everybody. Everybody wants to be a barber until you realise that it actually takes fucking time. You know, but, you know, and another person was saying, like, you know, this day and day, 16 year olds don't want to leave school. They don't want to spend this time. Well, fuck them then. You know, if they don't want to give, if they expect something to feed them for the rest of their life and they don't have the respect to give it, you know, even 18 months, you know, fuck it. Mm. I'm going to say 12 months working hard. When I had my academy, I did six months in the academy with them and then they did six months as a junior barber supervised by me. So it was 12 months all told, right? I used to only charge £3,000 for the course. It didn't even wash its fucking face. Yeah. I never did it to make money. This is the difference between me and a lot of these people. I opened an academy to feed my shops with staff, right? To just literally, the money they paid me went towards paying the rent. Mm. It went towards dummy heads. It went towards equipment. I didn't make one brass fucking shilling off it, right? Yeah. But what I did do was I put about seven guys through the academy because that's all it wanted because, again, nobody wanted to get rich slow. Mm. Nobody wanted to give it 12 months. But the seven guys I put through the academy, six of them are still with me and one of them opened his own shop. Yeah. He's doing very well, but he speak, I speak to him on a, on a regular, a regular, a regular um, occasions and he said the same thing. Fuck me. He said, my staff make more money than me. <laughs> He's excellent. He's really, really good. But his staff make more money than him. Yeah, yeah it's a real tricky one, isn't it? Because I think... Uh, the the time even from when I started to cut hair six and a half years ago, it is very different to now. Just the world in general of w social media getting so much bigger, you're so much more aware of all of the opportunities that are everywhere, and you can make money doing. Well, there's 15, 16 year olds making crazy amounts of money on doing flipping NFTs, flipping trainers. So they are aware of all these different things. So the idea of doing a twelve week course and and doing that, it's like yeah, I can do that, but. If, if you're going to be doing these things, they, they can't be sold as that you're going to be an amazing barber after that time because that's just not possible. But, and you can't, you can't be expecting to be earning top dollar after 12 weeks. No, 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 no. Do you know no, what I mean? It no. takes, 12, takes 12 weeks to learn how to be a bloody barista, for God's sake. Yeah. Make a cup of coffee. You know I mean, it takes 12... You know, and I, and I, when people stick up for this course, they say, right, 12 weeks, vet, would you let them tr treat your dog? A 12-week mechanic, would you let them fix your car? 12-week builder, would you let them build you a house? 12-week nurse, would you let them treat your sick child? If you answer yes, any of these, you're a fucking liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yet they expect... It's funny enough that the people who actually push these... People who approve of these courses are people who have something to gain by it financially. Mm. Do you know what I mean? No one is doing it for the, for the good of the industry. And I said, I don't disagree that you're going to get, you know, one out of ten guys who just fucking get it. And they're just very, very good. But they're still only going to be of a standard. They're not going to be fully qualified in all aspects of texture, all, all aspects of style, movement, you know, a taste level. You know what I mean? I think it's the taste level as well, isn't it? That's a massive thing because the amount of questions and DMs I get every single day from lads all over the world of asking, oh, or sending me three or four pictures of their hair and asking what I would recommend to them. And that's not down to the way that I cut hair. No. That's down to what I think works on certain people. And that is... 
that's a massive element of being a barber and a hairdresser and actually having a vision for that, isn't it? I, one of the reasons why I got into cutting hair was because when you'd walk into a barbershop, the amount of times when the barber would, would, would ask you what you want, and you say, oh, I'm not really sure, can you give me stuff? They're just like, it's your hair. You, you, you tell yeah, me yeah, what to do. Yeah, talk to you. Yeah. And it's, the barber, if you're worth your salt, you're gonna, you should be able to give advice course, and actually be able to say. That's yeah. your job, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the other side of it. Like, and I say it to people all the time, when people ask me why I'm so passionate about this, is, you know, because technique without taste is useless. Mm. Taste without technique is equally useless. You know what I mean? You have to have a little bit of both. You know what I mean? And that takes a, to develop your your taste level takes years. And my taste level is different to your taste level, mm. right? And I say, you know, there's a million right and wrong ways. Well, there's you know, there's a million right ways to do something. You know, but there is only one correct way. You know what I mean? And the correct way must be correct. Doesn't matter how you go about it, but from a technical base, it must be correct. You know what I mean? Removing hair until it looks good, that's a thing of the past. You know what I mean? We can all remove hair to a certain standard. You know what I mean? I was, we were speaking last night. I could do a two back insides, genuinely, I'm not taking the piss, to a certain standard. I could do it in less than 10 minutes, probably less than five minutes. Yeah. If I really, if somebody, if there was money on the table, someone said, right, there's a hundred quid. I'll do it. In, I, you know, I'll do it. And it would be, you know, be all right. Yeah, I bet, I bet you. Could, I bet you could absolutely do that. You know, I've. I think I've missed out on not being in those sort of shops where you've got time, real time constraints, and you've got to go mm. through that. But yeah, I think I think you absolutely could do that, couldn't you? Especially if like, well, if you've got a table full. Of, well, I guess it goes back to like when you're in Limerick. If yeah, you've but got you wouldn't a, do it now. I mean, no. bear in mind, man, you got to understand. Like when I when I was a young barber, a haircut was six quid. Yeah, yeah. Not a six quid's in a week's wages. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You've got to so go through a lot. You've got to go through, and again, people didn't have. The options, you know what I mean? It was too bad. There was no such thing as skin fades back then. You know, you didn't get, rarely did people go below a one. Even rarer did they go below a 0.5 and nobody got a zero. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody. No. You know, not where I'm from, maybe in London and maybe in Dublin even, but like the city where I'm from, the guys who got zeros, you didn't want those guys. No, no, no. You didn't want those guys. Romans. Yeah. And that's what, going back to the money, just, I used to live down in Lewisham, southeast London, and there, there was three or four barbershops I'd walk past from the station to my flat, and it was all charging five pounds professional haircut is what it all had. I just don't understand how people could make any money like that because, I mean, they're still having to chuck out, well, five-minute haircuts is what they're going to have yeah, to do. And the argument. stress that you're on doing that. That's a discussion for another day, isn't it? You know, oh, what, yeah. you know yeah. what you see is not as what you get. Yeah, day. for sure, you know for, sure for sure, for sure. Um, but, you know, it, that's, that's, that's the thing, you know. It, it's, it's one of those things, you know, and I don't think we'll ever... We'll never get to the bottom of it. No, no. So, Johnny, are you a businessman now or are you a barber? No. What What are you? I'm a shopkeeper. Shopkeeper. You know what I mean? You know, I'm a business, like, the word businessman, you know, that doesn't sit very well with me because I don't believe I'm a businessman. Do you know what I mean? I believe I'm a fucking brilliant shopkeeper. Mm. I'd say. I'm a barber. I'm just a barber. You know, I love being a barber, you know, but I am a shopkeeper. You know, that's my job. You know what I mean? I'm luckily in a, I, I'm in a position where my business can support people way better than me to do jobs that mm. I'm not that good at. You know what I mean? Like our directors are fucking amazing. You know what I mean? My partner has got a great, he's a business, my partner is a businessman. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the team that is behind. So Johnny, you've, you, well, you've got Barber Barber, the brand of barbershops all across the UK. You've now got the product brand. Talk me through 
the team that you you've got behind this. So there's, there's Morgan, who you, joint venture together, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Morgan and Neil. Neil Neil is kind of the operations director of the business. He looks after everything. He runs the business. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And he he, he like he's he's legit ball breaker, isn't he as well? Oh, yeah. Like, and he takes no take no messing. No, does he? he doesn't. No. He doesn't take it from me. No, of course. No, you know he, as he should. Why would he? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's to be honest with you, he's brilliant. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And like you, you've dealt with Neil. You yeah, know yeah. what he's like. But the thing with Neil, Neil is fucking fair as fuck. Do you know what I mean? He's the fairest person I've ever come. He's the toughest fucker I've ever come across. He's actually tougher than Morgan. Really? Mar- yeah. The Morgan doesn't get involved in day to days anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? He's like he's a different level, in a sense. Like he's got other businesses as well. But you know, Neil, Neil looks after them as well. But Barbara Barber. Neil runs it. I don't run it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, talk me. So you're saying that Morgan then took it to, has taken a back seat with not necessarily doing, like, with the running of everything. The creative process of that then. So you two started that, well, with the three of you. Talk me through you designing the shop. So the, the shop's open, what was it, seven seven years or so November ago? November 13. November 13. Okay, so almost nine years. So nine years ago nine almost. Years, yeah. 13th okay. of November uh, 2013, yeah. Okay, so talk me through the creative process of that because I'd imagine... The shops that you opened up in Manchester originally, that would be very different than what you opened up back home in Limerick, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, Well, yes and no. It, it, it definitely more aesthetically pleasing, you know what I mean? But the, my barbershop in Limerick was class as well. Um, but I had this fascination with old world glamour. Do you know what I mean? I like, you know, I like shiny things, you know, um, and I like flashiness. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm a bit of a yeah, flash yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But in, in work... And uh, you know, I I've always seen myself as a showman. You know what I mean? I like I like I like performing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To a degree, you know. Um, and I just had this vision of old world Vegas. Do you know what I mean? And come on to the name then as well. You know, but this vision of old. I've been to Vegas a few times. I loved it. And there was just something about imagining something that's going to be here longer than me. Do you know what I mean? That that was my thing. My my thing was. You know, this needs to outlive me, and and by doing that, I have to make it timeless. And you know, you know, I have a lot of inspiration from Tom Ford's and Ralph Lauren. And one of my my probably my favorite quote of all time is what Ralph Lauren says. He says, "What I do is not about nostalgia. It's not about yesterday. It's about forever." You know what I mean? And that was the thing for me. Is this has to be about forever? You know, because if my children decide to go into it, which I hope they don't, but if they do, I want it to be there for them. You know what I mean? And they just continue something rather than trying mm. to reinvent it, right? Yeah. So that's where the thing with the mirror came from, the the, the the lights, the light bulbs all across the mirrors and stuff. And that was the whole Vegas dressing room. I had to, I imagined Elvis, I imagined Frank Sinatra, I imagined Dean Martin, all these guys. Because it very much has that feel to it, doesn't yeah, it? It, it feels does, like yeah. you're in Vegas. It feels like you, it's the getting ready for the show. And yeah. it is, like, it's very graphic in your face and it, it stands out doesn't it so yeah, it is a been, real it's, it's show it's been copied more times than my fucking <laughs> yeah. homework <laughs> yeah, do yeah. you know what I mean um, but you know you can't copy something you know what I mean you, you can only try replicate it you know but you can't you, you can duplicate it sorry but you can't replicate it you know and that's the thing and that's where I think I had a little bit of an edge because it's not it's not them it's it's them looking at you know I, 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 I find inspiration is fine but admit you fucking took the inspiration. Yeah. You know, inspiration is fine, but, you know, admit it. Ad- it ad- admit, Jesus, like, there's a guy back home, right? And I swear to God, it looks like my shop got sick inside in his shop. That's what it looks like. But that's the problem with... with you know, when people... I'm fucking talking, but it's ridiculous. And this fucker, I met him during the summer. Yeah. And like, I 
are you fucking kidding me? Because yeah. I seen, uh, you know, I just went, boy, that's a really nice shop you have. And I went, uh, what? I said, Jesus, I said, yeah. Christ, it must take you a long time to come up with that concept of it. And I left it at that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. I mean? But not even said a fucking, everything. didn't even fucking wink. You yeah. know, and I said, you know what, fuck him. And that's it, you know, where I got, I got, the one thing I can say, that was my idea. You yeah. know what I mean? It took me years, not years, but it took me a long time to come up with it. Well, it would have been years because you'd have been picturing it over in your mind of like how it's going to adapt. And in the same way that like I, in my head, I'm picturing how my shop will be. And it's, of course, that's evolving over time and you're adding certain things. And obviously as your taste evolves, it, it changes. But you you would have been building that up in your mind for a good few years, wouldn't yeah, you, yeah. before that? And yeah. And I think what's, well, with the, going back to the imitation, they're never going to do it anywhere near as good as the original if that if that's done properly like the way especially with the way that you built up Barber Barber of it being like right a proper brand and doing it in which case you're going to get the proper materials in so much of the imitation that comes in it's just kind of done on the cheap and it just looks tacky and it, there's no actual real imagination mm. behind it then is there no there isn't and that's you know when I came up with the name the name the name was another thing for me it was very important that the name again didn't sound fucking stupid in 20 years time yeah you know, and that's where the Vegas really came into it. You know, I, I'm a big James Bond fan. And I remember thinking, I think I've probably said this in a million podcasts over the years, so I'm going to just repeat myself again. I was like, what the fuck am I going to call this place? And I had so many different names, like some stupid names, some pretty good names. But the, the last time I went to Vegas, they were knocking down a hotel that was really, really famous in the 70s. And actually, the movie Diamonds of Forever was filmed there. And it was called Circus Circus. And I remember thinking when I was in Vegas, that's such a great fucking name. Mm. It's just it's just simple. Name. Yeah, yeah. It was circus themed, but they said it twice. And I just and Barbara Barbara popped into my head and I went, fuck that did. And I straight on, you know, registered the name, the whole lot. And that and that's it. That's the that's the story of the Yeah. Name. And that is it is an iconic name, isn't it, for sure. I guess it's the only trouble now with with the rise of like social media and well, not necessarily social media, but like trying to get AdWords out and stuff. Having the name Barber like makes it harder for to be searched online and stuff like that, it doesn't does, it? It does, but you know that's not something I was thinking about. No, exactly. Years ago. But then that's why it's so important to create brand, isn't it? Mm. Because if you're reliant basic basing it on like well, just a name or like a, like trying to be SEO friendly or anything like that, then you're always going to fail. But if you build a brand of because if I'm sure if people typed in fancy barbershop spotlight or like fancy lights all around the mirror it would come up with Barber Barber wouldn't it for sure like at some or, point or Barber and Barber or Barber dot dot Barber or you know yeah, it's just yeah, 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 you know or, yeah. or Barber Bar you yeah, know it's yeah. like the, even the name has been ripped off yeah but again you know again I used to get really annoyed over it I don't care anymore yeah, no. it, there's no point wasting energy on that no, stuff is there because no. it's actually irrelevant it actually doesn't if, as long as you're focused on you and building your brand it doesn't detract from no. it, is it? Like, an, so I, I don't even talk Actually, so going on to like competition, does that ever worry you? Because for me, some, some someone was in a few weeks ago and they asked me, who's your like competitor on TikTok or on YouTube? And I was like, well, I don't know, there's other barbers and there's other people doing content, but I don't really see it as competitors because also I think the world is abundant. There's so many eyeballs on, on TV or like on YouTube watching things and there's so many haircuts that actually need doing mm. that I don't even really worry no. about comp- I don't see it as competition you, you, you say the word abundant there right I, like, I don't follow this Gary V guy that you love right but I've seen him a few times right Gary v. yeah but Gary I, v. I, he's popped up on my feed right and I saw it just like he's super intense right and he's there I don't care about my competition fuck him nothing to do with me he said the world is abundant and it's true the thing yeah. is like you you could be aw- even being aware of competition is wasted energy and we all say we're not but we are you know, we're always kind of looking to the left or right. 
to, so I think the I think the right the right question there would be do you worry about fair competition yeah fair competition I worry about yeah because you know what I think you know unfair competition is eventually going to it, it, you know it mightn't happen this year it mightn't happen next year it mightn't happen for five years but there's going to be a time where if you are running a business and if you are exchanging currency be it currency be it fucking cash bitcoin card anything the man above at the top of the fucking table running the country is going to want his cut mm. and there's only so much you know skullduggery you can get away with for time you know I'm sure there was a time where people paid nothing people didn't even pay fucking rent you know mm. but you know again without getting into it too heavy that, that those days of fast money they're going to be over and again it might be next year it might be, it might be five, it'll be five years maybe I don't know but like so the, the, am I aware of fair competition very much so am I worried about every fucking barbershop popping up in the corner no I'm not Yeah, never have done never will do yeah. You know what I mean? I do, you know, worry that they might coax staff away with the promise of fucking, you know, diamonds and caviar for fucking breakfast yeah, yeah. once a week. Well, and we got that. We got that every other week, though, didn't we? At Spitalfield. Caviar, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> but, Always treated as that, didn't you? Yeah. So, showman. Mm. That was a big thing that struck out with me when I, bef actually, before I joined. That it was. I think that was part of the, the thing that attracted me. It was you. It was the, the showman-ness, the... Dale as the education and the both of you sort of trying to grow something that was helping barbers and also but like obviously for you for you, for the brand's benefit you're an amazing storyteller and I when we whenever we've worked together I've always just been fascinated stood next year or just watching you tell stories mm. and it is as a barber that's such a good trait isn't it to have and yeah. that that definitely gets people coming back in and the showmanness you wearing fancy outfits is that a character yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I, I've always liked bright clothes. I like bright colours. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's I've I've always believed you should dress up for work. Do you mm. know what I mean, my dad was in the army. You know what I mean, and mm. he was always very, very. He, he was very strict with us regarding our school uniform, making sure our 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 shoes were shiny, our pants were ironed. You know what I mean, he he was very strict with us, but not overly strict. Like mm. he wasn't a fucking dictator and yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, he always believed a man should look like he's going to work. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And that that rubbed off, you know. Um, now, <laughs> whether he'd approve of my outfits, I don't know, you know. But, you know, certainly, you know, I, I, I do treat my job very, very seriously. And I believe you should always, no matter how you're feeling, you know, you shut up, you dress up and you show up. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I think that you, you often hear other barbers talking about like their negative things that they have or bad things going on in their life. It's like, well, no, the, the, that person doesn't care at I all. I don't give a fuck what's no. going on. You know, same way, you go into Harrods or you go into fucking Gordon Ramsay's restaurants or you go anywhere, no one's going to fucking tell yeah. you how bad their day is. Do you know, and yeah, we've yeah. All, we all have shitty days. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you don't want to be here, don't fucking be here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, telling customers negatives you know what I mean? Moaning to people. Oh, shit. You know, straight away, you you wonder why you're quiet. Yeah, you've lost already. You've lost. Completely. You know, you completely. have lost. But listen, yeah. and look, we all have shit days. You know what I mean? And I say this to people all the time, and I say it in jest, but even when I'm feeling shit, and someone says, how are you doing today? I'm fucking miserable, but I'm a consummate professional, so you'll never know. Yeah. And they start laughing. Now yeah. I'm telling the truth. I yeah. am fucking miserable some days. Yeah, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, you dress it up as a joke, but you've got it off your chest now. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've told them you're miserable. 
yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. But you're smiling and you're saying, but I'm a consummate professional, so you'd never know what can I do for you today. And then straight away, you, you, ha- you have them on your side. Yeah, and I that's the whole, the whole thing with a customer. You get them on your side. Yeah. And you get them on their side. Like, you, you know, you have to be able to read a room. And I'm very good at reading rooms, right? I know when I can talk. I know when I can fucking not talk, right? One of my friends back home, Sam Donnelly, fucking terrific barber. He owns the Sam's Barber's brand across Dublin. And he always said, he, a great barber knows when to talk. A better barber knows when to shut up. Mm. And his dad told him that. And his dad's dad told him that. Mm. He's a third generation barber, Sam. Do you know what I mean? And he'll tell you the best. Like he'll tell you he's the best barber in the world, but he can't cut hair. Now he's joking. He can't cut hair. Sure, but sure. He, he takes the piss. But he's an amazing fucking, like that, shopkeeper storyteller. He's fucking brilliant. Do you know what I mean? With that, because I, I think growing up, I never went into any barber shops where that was the case. Was that very much the case back home in Ireland? Yeah. Then it was yeah. you were really storytellers, and it was one of those. But that, that's what see. I fell in love with the barber shop long before I fell in love with cutting hair. Do you know what I mean? Like I never went. Oh, I want to cut hair for the rest of my life. Oh, I, I wanted to be a barber. Why do I want to be a barber? Because, you know, a shop where you could fucking be surrounded by fucking, you know, guys. Talking about guy stuff, and before we get on to this, guy <laughs> stuff can be anything. It, it, you yeah, know, it's not yeah, all yeah. about fucking talking about sure. everything else, right? But it that, it can be anything, or it can be nothing. Yeah, do you know what I mean? But at the time, we were able to. I used to smoke. We were able to smoke while we were working. Got we it. were drinking cups of coffee. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It didn't feel like work. Yeah, you were just chat chatting with just, guys, just, and, you, and you just so happened to be cutting their I hair. We just ha- happened to be cutting, hair. and that's what I loved. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And part of the story, there was always like the. You didn't have young bosses. You all had old bosses. Always had old bosses, you know. And just listen to them, and talking to they were just funny. The jokes they were just they, it was brilliant. And that was the time, you know. It was a time when it was a job. You know what I mean. And if you wanted to do the job, you had to put in the time to do the job right. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There was no fast tracking. There was no magazines. Not in Ireland anyway. You know there was there was no industry circle. That was for hairdressers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And even at that circle was quite small. But it was just, it was a job. And it was a fucking great job. And it's still a great job. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it. And you still love it, don't you? You were saying, the other, you were saying last night that you still want to cut hair four days a week. So that love, would be ideal, yeah. wouldn't you? Yeah, with no... With no <laughs> the stresses. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, like, the, the, the running of the business, and as I said to you, you know, Neil runs the business, but... I run the shops, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm the shopkeeper. Neil runs the business. There's sure, a difference sure. there. Yeah. Like, you know, and I, I've never, I've never claimed to be a businessman. And that's, I think, that's the other thing. A lot of people, they love this whole fucking businessman mm. thing. And that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I don't claim to be a businessman. Yeah. You know what I mean? My business is You know what you're enough. good at. I know what I'm good at. My business is strong enough to have a businessman run it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Which most... And let me be the show pony. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what I'm good at, you see. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. Could I run the business? Of course I could. But mm. I'd be fucking miserable. Yeah, yeah. Sitting, at a, sitting at a desk all day fucking dealing with shit. I couldn't do it. Yeah, for sure. And and that's the the goal. I think you really want to be owning a big enough company and a big enough business that actually, yeah, you can employ people to do the things that you don't enjoy doing. Or yeah, that you're but Neil not isn't employed. Like, Neil is a director of the business. There's a difference. Sure. Yeah, like sorry, you're never going to yeah, be able to pay Neil, somebody yeah. to do what should be done properly. You're going to get a guy who'll do it to a bit. But when you have somebody like Neil, who's actually got a vested interest, do you know what I mean? And he came on later on in the business, you see. Mm. You know, when, when somebody like him has a vested interest in the business, he'll fucking take a bullet. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because it's 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 in his, in, not not that it's in his interest. You know, that's the wrong word. You know what I mean? He cares about it as much as me. 
You yeah. know, nobody's salary. If you paid somebody a million pound a year, but that's all you gave them, they'd never care about it as much as you. Neil cares about it as much as I do. So that's why he runs it as he runs it better than I could. Yeah, you know, you do need skin in the game for someone really that cares about it, don't you? Yeah. I think that's that's what I want to get on board. Well, so at the moment, I'm trying to employ people to help with the editing, the recording, and like I want to give them a piece of the pie, the podcast. But like, okay, well they they do all the they're here all the time. They're the producer. They do all, sort all the cameras out. They're doing all the editing. They sort all, source all the brand deals and give them a piece of the pie because then actually they're motivated and they're well they're fully in the team then aren't mm. they? And I think that's. I think that's important, isn't it? When you really, tr- if you're I trying to grow so. something, I, I think properly. if you're growing something, there has to be, there has to be, you know, and that's the, the, that's the, the long and short of it. And, you know, you have to be willing to to take less to gain more. Yeah, you know I mean, and if people, you know, if you, what's that? The expression. I, I'm, I'm very quoty today, right? If you want to do what you paid for, you'll never be. You, what's that? If you only do what you're paid to do, you never be paid for more than you do. Yeah, you know, and that's again, that's a all these little. That's the good thing about fucking social media because you, you do hear these little gems every so often. Yeah, and most of it's bollocks, right? But certain things resonate. Something like stick, that then, resonates, yeah. you know. Yeah, the the Warren Buffett one, you know, nobody wants to get rich slow, and that Gary V dude, you know, when he's when he's talking about like you know the world is abundant and it is abundant. Mm. Think about it. How many heads of hair is yeah, there in the world? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? To sell product to, you know, yeah. to 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 cut hair to. To demo, you know yeah. what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's abundant. It's, it's almost infinite, isn't it? it is for, in, for what one, for like for what, what a shop one person could do. can yeah. do. What ten yeah. shops? If I had a hundred shops. So being the storyteller, I remember there was this one story. I think I've heard it a couple of times, but the story about how you first shaved your granddad and how tough a man he was. And uh, if you mm. if you can tell that story, because mm. that was that was uh, that was a brilliant story. I remember the first time hearing that in the shop. Yeah. Well, you know, my grandfather wasn't a barber. I just get that one straight, right? But he was a man's man, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And again, back in those days, barbershops didn't do straight razor shaving. It was just one of these things that some fellas did, some fellas didn't. You didn't get shaves. Like the shop, again, where I worked, you know, in the city where I worked, it was very bare bones. It was a haircut. Beard trims you didn't even charge for. You literally just cut them. Got it. But he said to me, come on, I'm going to show you how to shave. So was, it, was, was he using? Oh, yeah. He, he, he used, used to cut right that yeah, point. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. And... Uh, so I'd seen him shave many times, but I never paid much attention to it. You know, it's not so again, it's not something I was interested in. Sure, sure. I wasn't interested in yeah, it, you know. Yeah. Um, so he sat back and it was in the kitchen. He said, "Put his head back in there, right?" And he goes, "Right, if you see a bit of blood, don't worry about it." Grand, you know what I mean? And How I, old are you at this point? You reckon? Oh, 16, 17 maybe. Okay, probably okay. seventeen. Probably about seventeen. Yeah, and. Uh, it was an old, it was an old, it was old soap. It was like carbolic soap, you know what I mean? He had the shaving brush and, you know, there was no bells and whistles. And he goes, right, what I want you to do is, as you go down to here, like, you know, I'm sure he didn't shave with the steps, you know what I mean? He just shaved, sure, right? Sure. Of course, obviously me being, you know, 16 and full of balls, I started like that, right? Next thing I seen some blood, but it's saw a lot of blood. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, I've seen a lot of fucking blood, like, and... He goes, he felt a bit, you know, he's a bit stinging now, son. You know what I mean? He sat upright and he, like that, wipe his face and the fucking claret. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He goes, Jesus Christ. He said, this is what I mean. And he shaved him. He shaved the other side, yeah. right? And when he finished, it was like literally 
spot here. Spot, yeah. Spot there. You know what I mean? And you just board. butchered him. And I butchered him. Yeah. Now, I mean, not so much that he was damaged, but no, certainly there was lots of little yeah. cuts. But I remember you, know you know saying <laughs> he went into the kitchen, didn't he? Got a load of salt, I think, yeah. and then rubbed just, all the salt all over his salt face. Just put salt on himself. That's... Yeah, that's a hard man but, to be doing but that, it is, isn't it? But you know, they were all hard in those days. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, my grandfather wasn't anything harder than anybody else, but they were hard men. Do you know what I mean? They had hard jobs. They had hard lives. Do you know what I mean? So it was just it, yeah, it, it was, was it what was it was. Part you know of I mean? it all, wasn't it? Yeah, part of yeah. that completely. Did you ever then get to shave him in the barbershop properly and give him give him a proper yeah, yeah. service? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. good then. Yeah, he still wasn't happy though. <laughs> you know I, mean? I was too slow then. Jeez, we fucking hurry on, will you? Well, that's the thing. Like, actually, talking about shaves, like, if you're shaving yourself at home, you can do it super quick, can't you? Mm. But if you're trying to do a shave in the barbershop, it takes a lot longer trying to shave someone else. It's a prep, you see. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in the brushes is mightier than the blade. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah, yeah. The yeah, prep yeah. is everything. Completely. You know I mean? a, bl- a blade is a blade. It's sharp, it's sharp. It's going to cut you or it won't cut you. Yeah. You know. Um. Obviously, the sharper the blade, you know, the 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 cleaner it is. In a sense that when I say cleaner, it means. It, You've you've less light the, the less likelihood of cutting somebody with a sharp blade than you do with a dull blade. You know what I mean? A dull blade will cut someone much quicker than a sharp blade will. But at the same time, I think what's more important is the brush, how you prepare the skin, and you have that window after you prepare the skin. You've got like that three minute window to just yeah. whack it off. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that's something that comes with experience. Again, back to my fucking twelve week rant. I'm not going to get. <laughs> we won't yeah, yeah. go back. We go forward. But I'm sorry, twelve weeks. There's not a barber make. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? And that's the thing, the, the prep with the shave. And I think that's been the biggest, or well, that's what's been really fun for me, seeing like the amount of comments and DMs from people always about like, well, they've seen my shaving videos and then they've replied saying, oh, my God, thanks for like for show, well, for doing these videos. I didn't know. I just thought you just shaved in the shower or my dad never showed me. My, mm. uh, my dad wasn't around. Or, and you get those sort of comments where people thanking you. And it's like, yeah, actually, yeah, people don't know how to shave. And also people get a lot of irritation on their faces, mm. don't they? So actually... I know it's not necessarily changing the world, uh, helping these things, but I do get a lot of satisfaction from doing these videos and trying to help people. And yeah. the shave and the prep, it's key, isn't it? Mm. It and makes there, such there a is difference. No, there is no right way to shave. Yeah. Because everyone's face is different. Yeah. You know what I mean? You see all these old diagrams, you know, downstrokes. Yeah, it's bullshit, yeah. isn't it? That's bullshit because, yeah. like, my, like, if you look at, like, I've got a beard now, right? And I shaved you last night. You have a fucking one of the hardest shaves I've ever done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you've got baby soft skin and you've got fucking wire for bristle, right? But, like me, so my 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 stubble grows up yeah. here, right, and I have a little swirl here. Yeah. Like if I went on a full downstroke with that, yeah, you savaged, savaged. Yeah, so yeah. you got you you got to adjust your stroke to the person, the individual. Again, that's it's I suppose weirdly, it's like a taste level. You have to know how the hair behaves. You also have to know how the skin behaves under the hair. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the only way to do that is you got to be professional. Ask questions, any irritations, any yeah. spots that you should worry about. Da, da, yeah. da, 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 da. How does it feel? Check your first stroke. How does that feel? Then you that way you know you can adjust your hand pressure. Some yeah. people can take a harder shave. I shave with the grain. I shave across the grain. Sometimes I shave against the grain. Very, very, very rarely. If somebody can take it and if they want it, but I've always believed you know, no matter how close you shave someone. You, you know, it's not worth, it's not worth the, the irritation, like, you know, the that against the skin. Your hair should never be shorter than your skin, number no. one. And with that, you know, that for the sake of, for me anyway, because I've got heavy growth, you've got heavy enough growth, you know, three hours extra closeness is not yeah. worth 12 hours of discomfort. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, isn't it? Like the, and it is three hours. That's all you're getting. That, that's literally all it is. When people are like, well, you're not going shaving against the grain. It's like, well, one, I'm going to be in pain for a good few hours. I'm going to get razor burn. 
and it's going to be for three hours equivalent of that. I'm like, mm. it makes no difference to me. I'm yeah. going to shave again in a few days' time. I use, like, when I use clean shave, right, I'd shave every morning going to work. If I was going out after work, right, I'd go home and I'd shave again. Yeah, yeah. Because I'd feel better, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So I wouldn't, like, destroy myself in the morning. I'd shave twice. Yeah, you just be clean. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, that, that makes a big difference, doesn't it, for sure, though, just mm. keeping on top of that. Because it definitely does give you a clean feel to it, doesn't it? Of course it, it does, yeah, sure. yeah. And that's the amount of people, because I, I have a growth pattern like yours as well, where it grows up underneath here, and people on the comments are like, oh, don't grow too down. But so those diagrams are wrong in the same way that, what's your opinion on when you see like, oh, you've got an oval face shape, you should have this type of haircut, or you've got a square face shape, you've got to have, it's, there's such a generic bastardized term, because it, yes, there are things that do take into account, but when it's like, you've got to take into the growth pattern, you've got to take into like the all the different features mm, that go with mm, it. And mm. it's I hate it when you see those videos online where it's so generic for everyone. It's like, oh, you've got a face shape, you've got a round one, you've got to have this. You've got a round face, but what happens if you've got shit hair? Yeah. You know I mean? And that's the other side of it. Listen, I think all that stuff, the suitability factor is great, but I think that's more to explain technique, the difference between square and round and triangle and all that kind of stuff. But I do think, you know, technique to a certain degree, you know, especially like the pure technique, you know, when you're, you're round, square and triangle, I think that can be... If I'm honest, a little bit redundant in short hair. You know what I mean? Mm. I think in, in super short hair. Most men have three inches of hair or less. And we all know there's only so much you can do with three inches. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'll attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? So, listen, it, it, it's... it's Yeah, we could go on forever yeah, about talking. Completely. You know what I mean? You know, my opinion, your opinion, we all have different opinions, you know. And we, once you have a belief behind your opinion and once you can back up your belief that's beyond your opinion, then you're, then you're correct. But again, once it's correct, as I say, you know, there is, there's many, many ways of doing it right. You know, I know some amazing hairdressers, some amazing haircutters. They all do it differently, but they all do it correct. You're a man of very high standards. Uh, mm. When we, when I was working for you, I think I was working out, it was five years ago, this year, this month that I started at Spillfield. How has that had to adapt and change since COVID? It's obviously your standards of like, of the haircuts, of course, that's not going to change. But what have been the struggles with that, owning these shops and do, and running this business? You know, I think I've said this. COVID was something that we never, nobody saw coming. No. You know what I mean? And it's something that I hope never happens again because I don't think I could actually survive another one. Yeah, yeah. I believe, I think people's attitude to work has changed, Right. And then society's attitude to people's attitude has changed. Mm. Everybody is like now all about this work-life balance. And I get it. You want a work-life balance? Fine. But there has to be sacrifice with a work-life balance, right? If you want a balance of work and life, then something's got to give. What's got to give? Money. Mm. You know what I mean? You can't expect to, you know, live like a king on the attitude of a pawn, mm. right? And I think, you know, expecting business owners to just shut up and take that, I think it's a bit of a cunt move, actually. Mm. You know, um, but I'm lucky 99% of my lads are actually pulling in the right direction, you know what I mean? Um, but I think, you know, this, during COVID, you see, you know, People did what they had to do. And I, I don't I don't blame them for it. You know what I mean? You know, business owners, especially, you know, high highly visible businesses like mine on high streets. You know what I mean? You know, there's nothing we could do. We had mm. to like, you know, 
and to be honest, I did the right thing. You know what I mean? You know, and I, I did the right thing for many reasons. You know, I know people who got COVID. They got very sick from it. I know some people. I know one guy actually, and I knew him personally. His son was a friend of my son, and he died. And he was a very healthy man. Um, I got it. I was absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with me. You know mm. what I mean? Some of my friends got it. They were beaten up from it. Yeah. You know, but everybody was cutting hair. Everybody was cutting hair. You know, I didn't. You know, I mean, most business owners didn't. You know, we just had to fucking, you know, mm. do what we had to do. And uh, so they were obviously getting paid over the odds for it and they were doing haircuts and probably doing two or three haircuts in their house and they might have went around to their friend's house and did two or three haircuts there and all of a sudden they were making good money for three hours work and now coming back to work and having to do eight hours for X amount of pounds seems like absolute slavery to them mm. you know what I mean and that you know that they don't want to do it they want to finish work early they, you know not everybody you know but like they're, they're, I think there's a different attitude to work and I think, you know, whereas work isn't to be all and end all, but it's certainly, you know, if you want, if you want the good things in life, you need to work for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's very simple. And, you know, the more you work, the more you get. And the less you work, the less you get. You know, it's, that's, it's basic economics, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But during that time then, well, since COVID, you've now since launched the Barber Barber product range. When I first knew you, you'd, I think, had said it was not something you wanted to do. What changed in your mind? Or maybe you were being coy. Maybe you, yeah, you had I, it in your mind. and maybe Yeah, you it was just... in the mind for a long time. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things, man. You know, there's many, many different reasons. Again, it's something that takes the the, the reliance out of footfall. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And we always said that, like, in, that in order to be really, really, really successful, you've got to be able to make money while you sleep. Yeah, you know, um, and I think the product line, it was something that is going to, was going to support the business in a way that, you know, bringing my standards of, you know, service, bringing my standards of haircuts, putting it into a box and putting it, my little stamp on it and selling it to people, you know what I mean? I think, you know, you've seen the products, you've used the products, you know, the, you'd know that I came up with them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? When I say came up with them, I didn't reinvent the fucking wheel. You know, what, I, what I've always noticed, even from, from when I was young, even the worst products had some good points and even the best products had some bad points. Sure. So, like, and I remember talking to people, what do you use? I use this, yeah. What do you think of it? That's great, but... And then another guy would use Red Dax, for example. Shit, but it holds my hair in place. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I realised... And the, the the word that kept popping up was fucking butt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was thinking, well, if I fucking make a product that's got no butts in it, I'm going to be a billionaire. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it. Like, listen, it's like opening the shop all those years ago again. All I got to do is this. You know, but like, you know, to do it right takes a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort, you know, and I believe that's what I've done. Do you know what I mean? I think I've, Luckily, I've, I've used one of the best formulation houses I've ever come across. I've, I've been through so many different labs over the years. But uh, I believe I've created a, a product that actually does exactly what it says. You know what I mean? I think, you know, there's, there's three types of hair products. There's good ones, there's shit ones, and there's shit ones disguised as good ones. Okay, yeah, yeah. People are good I mean? at, very good at marketing. Yeah. And, you know, what... I Everything in the hair, right... So, 
hair products, you should do two things. You should hold your hair in place and they should be good for your hair. But what they, do, what they need to do is they also, there's the third thing, they need to allow your hair to move while holding it in place. That's what my products do. You know, there's at least one ingredient in every single product that's actively good for your hair and your scalp. Okay. Right? Actually, I didn't, I so didn't it doesn't really. damage your hair. Not at all. If anything, it increases your hair health and it increases your scalp health. You know, but, you know, I have two different types of clay. Why? Because people sometimes, they like clay, but the hair might be too thin for it. Or indeed, their hair might be too thick for it and it just sucks it up. So that's why we have the nine to five for the me- for the fine to medium. And we have tough enough for medium to thick. Um, I've got a pomade called Ton Up. Again, it's an amazing pomade, but what it does, it, it doesn't make your hair crispy like a lot of water-based pomades do. It stays a little bit malleable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the pomade, the pomade is really nice with that, actually, because that is always like a problem with you see with the pomades. It, they're either grease and it's just solid, you can't mm. wash it out, or mm. then the, it's water-based and it goes a little bit crispy, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah I think the the blend you've got there works nicely with yeah. that, doesn't it? And like the, the, our biggest seller at the moment is a product called Beachcomber, and it's a sea salt texture paste. Again, so it's really, really, really light, but it holds the hair, but it also allows it to move, you know? Mm. And I just think as well, what, what people need to understand with hair product is just because it's good for your hair doesn't mean it's going to be good for my, good for my hair. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you have to understand the head of hair used on it because even the best hair product on the wrong hair is going to appear shit. Yeah, it'd be bad. Yeah, you know? for and, sure. You know, because we are professionals and what we do, we can make shit products look good in someone's hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to understand that as well. And that's where, you know, I have a, a big problem with influencers. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, they, they, they sell their fucking soul yeah. for, for a paycheck. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure. Now, you are different. I have to say that because I'm sitting here. But you've been a barber. You are a barber. Yeah, it so, comes from a know, completely different standpoint. It comes from it? a standpoint, but like, you know, this, I, I've seen brands live and die by influence, mm. right? And I've seen amazing brands knock it off the ground because they don't have the capital to 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 spend on the big influencers or big ad it's, campaigns. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because so many of the like influencers and people who post content online, they shift products and it, like, it really does sell it. But... The last thing you want as a brand is someone that is promoting you one week, promoting someone else the next week that's competitor or doing other things, and it's it just it just it's not it, but, great. But, it is, is it? but that's the times we live in. And but this again, this is why I've done it. You know what I mean? I know my shit. You know, and I know what products should do and will do, won't do, can't do. You know, and I know hair. I know men's hair in particular. You know, and. The thing is, if I do it myself, then if I fail, I fail. I, you know, I can't blame this guy or that guy, you know. And I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm strong enough in, in many ways to, to be able to do the content. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And to be which, able to sell the content. Which is know? what I was saying last night. I, I really do think you should be doubling down on on the content. Because I mean, so we did the shave in November. The comments, everything on that, it was received so positively. The shops that you've got you could be creating amazing content. I think it's just a case of starting. I think that was the big thing for me, of just starting and doing something. You've got the look. You've got the whole aesthetic. It, you match the shops. You've got, a, a, as we said, an abundance of people that want to come in. You could Even just you having a microphone on, a camera just set up on the corner, you clip it all up. Well, you let it roll. You get someone in to edit these clips up of you talking, telling your stories, but, oh, it's it's in Barber Barber. Oh, it's Johnny. And he also has that product brand. Not trying to sell the products, but mm. because they know who you are and you sell products, the products then sell off the back of that. Like you could, 
marketing you and just you being you is is so powerful because and and then even if there is like the haircut that you do that then it's it's being efficient with your time because you're mm. a busy man you haven't got lots of time to do this mm. you could be doing one of these haircuts after work where that goes onto youtube it's the full length video there that then post produces down into four or five different videos that you've got then which go onto tiktok which go onto reels and that's what i do with all my content so the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast. Yeah, this is going to go on a podcast. It's going to go up to YouTube. It's then going to go onto all the audio platforms. So you've got all that distribution there. Then from all of this, hopefully there's going to be one three to seven minute clip, which is then going to go onto YouTube as a standalone bit, which will be a bit more SEO friendly mm. and a bit more searchable. Then there will be hopefully seven or eight short clips of like little sound bites, which we've got from there. So from this hour and a bit that we've recorded, we've got so much content for like the next few weeks. I think if you if you sat down for and got like someone working with you, sitting edit well recorded you you did they did all the editing the amount of content you would have out off the back of that would be so invaluable even if it was just like the when you're applying the product just saying oh well you want to start at the back first and then put it into the front that's just an interesting bit of content that just adds value to the audience which you doing that that would be the best way for you selling it because it comes from a natural authentic. You, you know mm. the shit, you know uh, what you're talking about, you know the products. Mm. So you could really harness that and that make that super successful through not having to do with deal with influencers mm. then. Mm. And it is, it's... Again, it's like you said, it's, it's getting started, it's getting the time to start as a thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we, look, listen, we, we've been creating content for the last, I suppose, four or five months now. So there's a lot of stuff ready yeah. to go. And it'd and it's be good. nice to dip the toe and see where it's going to go. Sure. You know, like we haven't really officially launched this product yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We kind of we decided we're going to do a year soft launch. Yeah. And that's what we've done. Nice. And we're coming to the end of that year now. So we're about to turn up the volume in September now. So, and it's doing quite well. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's doing better than expected, which is great. Yeah. Um, but you, can, you know, one swallow never made a summer. Yeah. It takes you know, time, doesn't so it? So it does it take time. time. And again, Very it's like that. Time. You know, nobody wants to get rich slow. You know, we yeah. all have great ideas. Yeah. But the reality is, it takes a long, long time to, to build something worth building, you know. Baba Baba, where's where's it going to go then over the next? How's this going to transition? How's it going to change? Where where do you see it going in the next few years? I don't know. I mean, that's that's you know, I know where I want it to go. Where do you want it to go then? I want it to 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 kind of. And what do you want from it as well in terms of not finances, but like what what would what what do you want as Johnny for your life from it? For my life, I'd I'd like to certainly take it a little bit easier. You know, not be over-reliant on bums and seats yeah. all the time. And, you know, um, I would like a position where, you know, the, the shops really support themselves. Do you know what I mean? And they don't need me as much. I, I always say to the lads, I'm like Nanny McPhee. Do you know what I mean? When yeah, they yeah, see me yeah. coming, they go, oh, fuck. Do you know what I mean? I always mess with them and I say, listen, I'm like Nanny McPhee. When you need me but don't want me, I have to be here. But you'll eventually want me. You won't, you won't need me anymore. Then I'll have to go. You know, and that's the, the, so they call it, they call me Johnny McVee, some of them, you know, and it's funny, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it is that, that is the case because often when they see me coming, they think, oh, fuck, you know, because yeah, yeah. I am going to come in and I'm going to kick and scream and shout and bitch yeah. and fucking give out about Put everything the place, yeah. for the first two days. Yeah, yeah. Because naturally, the teacher has left the classroom. What happens when the teacher leaves the classroom? Everyone turns into a fucking nutcase and things don't get done the way they're supposed to get done. Yeah, you get slack, doesn't it? You know what I mean? It does. You know, and, and that's with the greatest of intentions. But people, as it goes back to what I'm saying, nobody's going to care about it as much as you, right? So then, you know, after a couple of days, things start relaxing a little bit. 
help them out a little bit. Like you said, tell a few stories, have a laugh. They see, you know, that it's not a difficult job. It's actually a, it's actually the most enjoyable job in the world, mm. really. You know what I mean? And once once people re- I think realize that I'm not an actual like you've you've seen me coming in the bad mood and you've also seen me in the good mood. So you, you yeah. you've seen it firsthand. I'm not an arsehole. No, no, I, it, it's it's only you only get annoyed when people are doing things wrong or not as they're supposed to be. Yeah. When everything's going right, you're. I, I've never had a bad word to say about you. I, I've always had very positive experiences. But it is, it's if you're doing something right. Well, if you're doing something wrong, yeah, then you're gonna you're gonna be told off or you're gonna be put in your place, aren't you? End of the day, you know, it's, it's my head that's on the chopping block. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I I've to be answerable to my investor. You know, I've rent to pay. I've, you know, I I have I have businesses to run. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And if I was to run my business and run my shops the way people wanted to be, sure, I'd have nothing. Do you know what I mean? I may as well just fucking pull the shutters now, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. there has to be an element of, of standard there. So for me, I'd like the product line to be in every fucking civilised country in the world, even some uncivilised ones, I don't mind. I'd like... I'd like to just be able to really really enjoy my work you know and not have to worry don't mm. actually you know worry is my big thing and I, I i sometimes find stuff to worry about which is probably one of my biggest weaknesses and it's very I mean? easy to when you're running this thing and you've got so many things going through your head it's so yeah. easy to actually just worry about things and think there's more things going on isn't there yeah because there are so many things yeah, going on yeah. you start is, thinking there's other things and every shop is different do you know what i mean and every town every city is different Customers, the weird one is we have the same customers as in the same demographic of customer in every city, mm. right? But they're different people. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But the demographic is the same. Sure, we, sure. We, we tend to get, you know, kind of guys in their early 20s, mid-20s, all the way up to 60, sure. 70. We got, we got, we got a, an old dude who comes in on a mobility scooter every fucking three or four weeks to get shaved. Sure. You know what I mean? Lovely old man. Yeah. You know, but like, we don't, as I said to you, we don't get the guys with pictures of David Beckham. Sure. You know what I mean? We don't get the guys with pictures of some dickhead from Geordie Shaw. We don't get those guys. Yeah. And I don't think I don't want them. That's an old school reference, isn't it, Geordie Shaw? Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> the, the, the reality, Love yeah. Island, it's, it's, it's not your It's not your scene, is it? It's, no. ne- it's not the audience. You know, it never has we, been, has it? No, it's never. But, you know, I've said, I set out to stall many, many years ago. This is what I sell. If you want to buy it, great. If you don't want to buy it, fuck off. <sighs> Women in barbershops, yes or no? Should they be allowed in? Should they not? What's your thoughts? I think everybody knows my thoughts, don't they? Um, not my yeah. audience. Well, look, here's the thing. Barbershops are for men. You know, that's my... I, I, I will die with that mantra, Right? People always got confused when I used to say that. He doesn't employ women. I'm going to ask you here now, have you worked with women in my shops? Yeah. Of course you have. Why? Because they're not banned. Because they're not banned. And they were good at cutting hair. They were good at cutting hair. So I never came up with this fucking tag, lady barber or women barbers. Barber's a fucking barber to me. Give a fuck what you have. Don't care. You can cut hair if you're good at it. I don't give a fuck if you're a giraffe. Right? I've had some amazing fucking lady barbers over the years. Right? 
My issue with women in barbershops goes down to barbershops are for men. It's a men's service. It's a man's atmosphere. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want to have a barbershop that serves women, that's your fucking right. Mm. No problem. You won't hear anything from me. But don't expect me to do it in my shop because you want to do it. You know? And nine times out of ten, people don't want the barbershop haircut. They want the cheap haircut. Right? I only want a barber's haircut. No, you want you want a cheap haircut. Some of my best friends are some of the best hairdressers in the world. Gonna name drop JB Mazella, Ben Brown, right? I can tell you now, they will do a short haircut on a woman, on a man, a hundred times better than I can do it. But you know what? They're going to charge you 300 quid for the privilege. Yeah. Right? So they want the barber, want it to be cheaper. You want it, like, yeah. I tell you, if you, want a, if you want a woman's haircut and you want it short, no problem. Come back tomorrow. I'll ring Ben tonight. He'll come down. He'll call you for you tomorrow. It's going to cost you 300 quid, though, look. Mm-hmm. But it'll be the best haircut you've ever had in your life. I guarantee you that. So that's the thing, right? And, you know, it's just, for me, it's one of these things that, you know, as things progress and everybody wants to be politically correct and everybody, you know, you know, you, you shouldn't, nobody banned women out of my shop, right? Now, people said they were banned. Sometimes I ran with it, right? Because it was great. It was, it was, great. It was great exposure. But the reality is barbershops are for men. We offer men's haircuts, men's service in a men's environment. That's what we do. When you're around a woman, yeah, you, you do have different conversations or you, should, you, you will be talking you should differently. Have different you should be short and have different yeah. conversations. So it is, uh, banning is like a, a, sh- a strong word, isn't it? But it is, it's a different environment, isn't it? Yeah, and is it, it doesn't, that, that necessarily doesn't mean to say that we're, um, <laughs> you know, we're, 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 we're plotting the, the, the ruination of women and that we're always talking about things that we shouldn't be talking about. It's, it's not about that. The, the fact is, everything now has gone so fucking PC that, God forbid, you offer something solely for a man. Mm. There's millions of things just... And, you know, this is an argument I, I, I'm even bored of having, right? And it brings me on to gender-neutral pricing, right? Gender-neutral pricing, you know, everyone loving this, and it's great. And it's gender-neutral, but what, <laughs> the, the haircuts for men in those places aren't going down in price. They're fucking going up in price. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So... Who's getting the short end of the stick? It's the fucking men again. Do you know what I mean? And if that's what you want to do, do it. I'm like, I have no problem with it. But don't expect me to toe the fucking line because society tells you. Because you know what? In five years' time, it might be changed again. And this is the thing. People are changing too much, too quickly to suit the ever-changing palette of society. And what's going to happen is they have no fucking identity left. Mm. And when it all moves on, and when there's a different cause to be fought for, right? Barbers... And barbershops, as I know them and as I love them, will be dead and gone. And we'll have no one to fucking blame but ourselves if we keep fucking bending over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, That's yeah, the reality yeah. of it. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, not that we need to stay, take a stand. <laughs> this is not a fucking war. But certain things should be left alone. There's far more serious fucking issues in the yeah, world than a haircut. Yeah, then, yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but sure. I'm still getting it to this day. I had a comment on, on my social media yesterday because this woman wanted a haircut a couple of weeks ago in Spitalfield. I said, what do you want me to do? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. You know, and hair is hair. You know, and the, you know, the, the big one now, hair has no gender. Well, it does. Technique, it does, though, doesn't it? It very much does. Technique has no gender. This brings me back to my 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah. Right? 12 weeks. Right? 
your girlfriend is short or your wife is short hair, right? She's going to a ball, okay? And she wears a lovely dress and she's beautiful, right? And next thing, she decides to go for a haircut, but she decides to go to a barbershop. And lo and behold, some fucker who trained for 12 weeks has come out and set loose on your fucking wife. Yeah. And it's the, it's the finishing techniques, that, like the way that you think make it a little bit more like feminine or if you're making it more masculine. Like that, that definitely makes a big difference to, to, to how the haircut's finished. Yeah, yeah. And I think if your mindset is always going to making more, well, man's haircuts and making it more masculine to, to that look, and then you try and do that to a woman's haircut or the, vice versa, there is definitely differences to that. And that's, yeah. I think, where the big stumbling block comes into, mm. doesn't and it? That's for sure. it. And that's why I've never hidden behind that. I yeah. cut women's hair. Of course I could. Mm. I'm very, I'm, I'm technically quite a strong hair cutter. Mm. So I could cut women's hair. Of course I could. But I mean, it doesn't mean I want to. And I have the right not to. Same way as you have your right to, you know, have a vegan restaurant or have yeah. a, a meat restaurant. Or not restaurant. do colour. Yeah. And not, you know, we don't do yeah. colour. No one complains about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We don't do waxing. Yeah, we don't yeah. do threading. Yeah. No one complains about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. So I don't do it. Yeah, completely, completely. With that, Johnny, thank you very much. A pleasure, pleasure. as always. I'm August. sure we'll do another one in future. And uh, thank you very much for coming on. No bother. Pleasure, pleasure, my pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Cheers. Top man. Right, thank good. you very much. That was enjoyable now. That was good.